This is episode 40 on the Live Blissed Out podcast. Self-care is defined as the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Did you know that self-care is largely misunderstood? Women in particular tend to feel guilty about catering to their needs. This explains why many women experience emptiness and exhaustion. Hello, action takers. Welcome to Live Blissed Out a podcast where I have authentic conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help us get the scoop, the 411, and the lowdown on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Sending a coffee mugshot shout out to Anne L. in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for filling my coffee cup, Anne, and being such a cool bean. If you'd like to help keep me fueled, head over to liveblistout.com and click on the Caffeinate Me tab to give me a boost and redeem your bonus as a thank you for supporting the show. Joining me is Kalia Garrido, founder of the Denver-based group Healthy Women Leaders. Kalia is a businesswoman, mother, and passionate self-care activist. She is an inspirer and educator of women leaders and a proud champion for healthy living. HWL is a rapidly growing, vibrant collective of women, both online and in person, in leadership, who choose to unapologetically focus on their health and develop their personal power. Kalia's health-focused pursuits go beyond the physical realm. She is a regular meditator and strives to bring mindfulness and regular self-care into her everyday life. In addition to running Healthy Women Leaders, she is a high-energy digital strategist with more than a decade of experience building and perfecting digital solutions. She is the managing partner of Great Data Minds, a data collaborative on a mission to educate the data community. For more information, sign up for their newsletter at healthywomenleaders.com, follow them on social media, or reach out directly. This episode is sponsored by Audible, where you can find audiobooks and exclusive Audible originals. Just head over to my personal link at audibletrial.com forward slash live blissed out to receive your 30-day free trial, a free audiobook of your choice, and a commitment-free guarantee. Check out The Self-Care Solution, A Year of Becoming Happier, Healthier, and Fitter, One Month at a Time, by Jennifer Ashton. You can also click on the link in the show notes to let Audible know I sent you and help support the show. Thanks to Audible for sponsoring this episode and allowing me to share this great offer with our listeners. Hey, Kalia, it's really nice to have you here today. Well, hey, Marissa, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking to you because as the founder of Healthy Women Leaders, I am really enthusiastic about talking to you about self-care for women because in our day-to-day lives today, things are pretty rough for many women. There are a lot of outside influences. They have a lot of responsibilities, pressures, and obligations. They have to care for so many things inside the home, their children, their husbands, and they don't seem to have enough time or energy to juggle everything. And then to top it all off, we're in the midst of this pandemic that seems to be increasing division, fear, and confusion, and it's making people stay at home. And in many cases, that increases the work 
workload for women who now have domain over the home. So as a result, women are winding up getting stretched too thin. What do you feel are the predominant expectations that we have of women today? Judging from my personal experience, Marissa, these expectations come in from a variety of sources, right? You have your work expectations, things that are expected of you on the job. If you're a career woman or a woman who is in leadership, those expectations can be even higher because you're willing to say yes more often than you're willing to say no because you're on a corporate climb. We have family expectations. This is the people inside your house, your extended family. Family, your, I mean, children alone, and Lord knows I love mine, but who do they take a bit of your time and energy? And the media, right? There's expectations about how beautiful you need to be and how fit you need to be and how you can never get a wrinkle on your face and all these things. And, you know, you're sort of pumped full with these messages of who you should be. This, a lot of times, can even start in childhood. I watched my three-year-old daughter playing with a Barbie that doesn't even have a realistic body type and wouldn't even be able to walk if she was a human. So I think there's a lot lot going on for women right now. They're kind of inundated and they're taking it from all sides. Yeah, I totally get you because I know a lot of women myself that are going through those things and I feel like they try to take too much on. And what do you think is the cause of that? Why do you feel women seem to overlook their own self-care and just push themselves to the limit? I think we're a symptom of kind of growing up in our culture and growing up with a lot of these expectations that we're feeling to be a good girl and be quiet and be nice and, you know, do your work and get your A's and go to the gym and do all these different things that you hear quite a few messages. It's actually been really eye-opening for me to have a daughter and to have my grown-up eyes on as I watch her experience and the things that are targeted towards her. And it, and it started now. And so you think that there may be also mixed messages or perhaps expectations and social pressures that they're dealing with that women have to face. And then instead of asking for help, they just take it and take it to the point where they really push themselves to the limit. That or they adopt it, right? You hear enough of things that are coming from outside of you and eventually you internalize that and you shape your own little version of what each one of these things should be. And this is how I should be. And this is how I should look. And this is how I should act. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And I'm also thinking that we compare ourselves to other women. And there are other women that don't necessarily tell us what's really going on. They just pretend like everything's fine. They've all got it under control. They like to show people that, wow, I'm phenomenal. I'm a great wife, mother, and they don't really tell us the truth. And then inside, they might be hurting, and they might be feeling inadequate, but they won't tell anybody else. And they're just trying to keep up with the other person that's doing the same thing. So then at the end of the day, they're are both exhausted, right? That's what it is. And you know, social media is like a, for all the benefits that are in there, if you don't approach that, like with what you've just mentioned, that this is actually not the real picture of what this woman is going through. Because I can show you a really cute picture of my family on our vacation, you know, before the pandemic or something like that. And it all looks okay. But actually, my daughter threw up in the car. My son's 14. He's super unhappy to be there, right? I have 15 work fires that just came in at the same time. And my husband and I had a domestic because I was like clean up the puke right so that's what it actually looks like but all you see is the one thing so I really feel like you have to approach it with a grain of salt or like tie your hair up and have your coffee before you hop on that social media because it can take you down if you're feeling in a low place you're absolutely right in the social media world it's like look at me I'm climbing the mountain look at me I'm playing sports Mm -hmm. look at me I'm just wonderful I'm dressed so nice everything seems to be this ideal world that we create you know I think part of it too is the pressure of we don't want to bring people down so by bringing out 
about our problems on social media, then it's almost like we're complaining or we're not strong enough. Just deal with it. All of us are. What's your issue? And I think that's what happens. So then we look at the other person and then we try to mirror their life, their so-called perfect life, when in reality, it really isn't perfect. Yeah, you're right. It's a little tip of the iceberg is what you see, but you don't see what's happening underneath all that. That's right. When that happens, then what are women supposed to do? What are some things that they can take away here that we might be able to provide to them that will help them overcome that? What are some things that they should be thinking about so that they can take better care of themselves and not hold themselves to these unrealistic standards? So this is where I start to get wicked geeked out. I'm going to nerd out on you, girl. You ready? Great. I'm ready. This is my personal passion, right? And this is how Healthy Women Leaders was born is because I always used to think as as a woman who's on a career climb and I was a single mother at a young age, I was the girl that said yes to everything and I worked so hard. I had a salary goal in mind. I wanted a comma in this specific location of my salary and I was like, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do whatever it is that I have to do. And I rushed and I worked and I hustled and I did all this and that's good. But I did miss a lot of moments that I would have liked to have gotten back with my son when he was at a younger age. So during this time and before it, to be quite honest, my mark to myself of how healthy I was, was always how many times I had been to the gym that week or how I was feeling in those jeans. And that was about as big as it got for me. That was my definition of health. After I started my own business, my first venture out into the world of entrepreneurship is when I started a web and mobile application development shop. And for the first time, though I had been in management now for a few years, I now had the option to hire, fire, set salaries, give raises. All of this was like 100% on me. Hey, bring in the business and keep the clients happy that we're going to keep my employees fed. These are people that I had at my dinner table and I was really invested in them. I wanted my company to work and I put everything I could into it. So around this time, I find myself going to the gym. I'm in there and I'm putting up my personal best, right? I'm lifting weights and I'm feeling as good as I could in the gym. And I'm coming out and I still feel like I want to cry. And my thing that I had always gone to was physical fitness, really kind of gym-based, and it wasn't doing it for me anymore. So I'm learning at this point that I have to broaden my definition of what healthy really is. And as it turns out, however many years later, I look back and I see that it was a very narrow scope of what health is. Health actually now to me means so much more. So in addition to my gym routines, I incorporated yoga. I started approaching nature and getting outside with like new eyes and different types of workouts. Healthier eating was another thing that happened. Meditation entered my life in an amazing way. Really anything that now I would bucket under an umbrella term of self-care, which was doing the things that I needed to do to get to know who I was and what I needed so that. I could be better prepared to handle the mounting stresses that I had in my life. And so I think the answer to your question, Marissa, is that it's self-care. Women have to learn that taking care of themselves is not a selfish act. In fact, it's a necessity that's going to make you better in every other thing that you do in that day. To your point, too, it's what we define as self-care because, as you mentioned, going into what you thought it was, it was simply physical for you in the beginning. And then when you were challenged in other areas, you realized that self-care was more holistic. There were other factors that needed to be considered, and you had never thought about that before. And it was through that experience that you realized, I have to look at a bigger picture here. There's more to it than just going to the gym and thinking that, hey, I do my little workout and my life is supposed to be better than it was. And it's a small component of that, but there are other factors as well. That's right. Absolutely. That's what you have to approach. And it all starts 
from figuring out who you are and what it is that you need. And you have to approach that with a curiosity. It's not the same for me as it is for you, right? It's different for everybody. It definitely is. What are some things then that we can do specifically to help us care for ourselves better? So I think that really approaching self-care from a holistic level, from a mental, a spiritual, as well as a physical perspective, I think that's kind of the way that you do it. And so it's funny, when I first started Healthy Women Leaders, it was a community. It's a community of women that are in leadership. We want to encourage and inspire each other to take care of yourself, to prioritize yourself. Because like we talked about before, I've seen women just give so much away. They're pouring your energy out and they're not refilling that cup. And if you don't do that, you are absolutely going to burn out or drop out or swap out. You find yourself crying on the kitchen floor. Maybe that's me and maybe it isn't. (laughs) But you don't need that. And I mean, even in those days where, you know, your business is getting you down and the family's tough and all these things, I still felt like it would be the wrong thing for me to take extra time to go and take a hike by myself or go to the library and get a new book or just grab a cup of coffee and have some solace. And I almost felt I was starting to like, not need my husband's permission, but I need his urging for him to be like, you know, you look like you need some time, like take some time. I'm not a woman who asks for permission. Why do I need it in this situation? It was wasn't something that I was running out to do myself or even maybe really stopping myself before it got too far. So as I started Healthy Women Leaders, I started to do all this different research and talk to these women that have come before me that have figured something out that worked for them and just get fascinated and collect all these amazing women and their stories. And then over the years, I've really boiled things down into almost a curriculum, which is the five whole life self-care pillars that I sort of live by. And I would love to share those with you. I would love it. So I think everything starts with knowing yourself. You have to learn who you are. You need to know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. This is how you're going to gain clarity about, you know, kind of what you need. And the benefit here is authenticity. And with authenticity comes the ability to say no. If I could give a gift, to all the women that are struggling out there, like find the beauty in the no. You've got to be able to say no to the things that are going to suck your time or energy and are not going to help you towards your mission, right? Absolutely right. And that's a very difficult thing for many of us because we feel we're letting other people down or we're putting out the negative vibe out there. And that's not what it's about. If you are not happy doing something and you're not going to be your best at it and you're only doing it because you were afraid to say no, you're not helping anyone much less yourself. It's not serving anybody, especially when we have those little eyes on us. You want to model what that looks like when you know who you are and your feet are firmly planted to the ground, you are able to withstand a lot more of things that you know life's going to toss at you. So the second pillar that I absolutely, and right now, this is like maybe one of the most important things that you need to watch what you take in. We talked about this a little bit in the beginning, Marissa, about how there are media messages out there and there are really divided messages. All the things you should and shouldn't do and everybody has an opinion and they believe their opinion is right. You would be spinning in circles if you listen to all the messages that you hear. So this is learning how to keep a clean house. And that's your physical house. It's your environment. It's around you too. One of the things that I have found to be very therapeutic is adopting more of a minimalist take on the things that I bring into the home. I don't need a lot of clutter, things like that. That's a part of my self-care as well, is making sure that donating things that I don't need to be constantly arranging. And you know, when you have kids, it's hard because there's a lot of things that are attached to that. But watching what you take in physically, environmentally, and energetically. This is so that you can keep that clear mind. You keep a nice orbit around yourself of clarity, right? Mind, body, and spirit are feeling good. They're feeling clear because 
you know, you've made some space. You gotta give yourself a little elbow room in there. Yes. Sometimes it's just a matter of giving yourself extra time. So one of the rules my husband and I have is if we really want something and we're considering it, if it's not an emergency, we say, how much time can we take? And we'll say, okay, how about a month? And if after a month, we really feel like we need this and we really want it in our lives, then we go get it. And by the time we go through that, it's either we don't get it at all, or if we do, we then use it because we've given so much thought to whether or not we need it. It's because we have these impulses. We're just like, oh, it looks so great on TV or whatever. And it's like, they have it, so I should get it too. And then it just sits in a box. You never use it. And you know what? If you don't know yourself, I love that practice and that's super helpful. But this is if you don't know yourself, then you can't see that impulse for what it is when it hits you. Because you get a little pleasure rush. You're like, ooh, my daughter needs this new outfit. It's going to be so cute. Summer's coming. I got to get her this. And then really, does she have five other versions? (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you truly know yourself, you can mark when you feel that little rush of the like, oh, let me go and see what's out there. It's almost a subconscious practice at this point in time. So you got to know yourself so you can know better, again, what you can say no to. Yes, and knowing yourself includes understanding your emotions and balancing that with your thoughts and logic. Trying to balance both, because as human beings, we are emotional. You can't take that factor away. Even when you look at that cute little dress for your daughter, you're getting emotional because you're envisioning her wearing it, how cute she's going to look. But then there's also the practical side. Does she already have five of these dresses? Balancing that out is that awareness and if you ask those questions, then you can level out those emotions so that you can have more control over your ultimate decisions. Exactly. I love that. So on the other side of watch what you take in is watch what you give out. This one, this is an interesting one as well. This is where you really learn how to be the change that you want to see. So how many times have you woken up on the wrong side of the bed? And you're just like, let me get those slippers on. I'm going to go make my coffee. And it didn't come out right. And I'm like, I have the potential to become pretty much like a blowtorch of just negativity around me. And that is not what we need these days. I think we have plenty of people that are suffering with what it is that they're suffering with. But you've got to really approach your day and your life with a type of positivity. And it's not every day, right? This is some of the favorite things that I like to tell my friends. Time box that pity party, honey. Time box it, right? I'm going to give myself until Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I'm going to wake up, put on the running shoes and go and change your attitude and do it yourself. I agree with that. In fact, one of the things I always like to tell myself is don't dwell. Because what happened in the past, I can't change anymore. It's done, right? There is nothing I can do. No amount of dwelling is going to improve the situation. So all I have control over is today and tomorrow. So I focus on that and then it shifts my mindset. Yeah, give yourself a minute, right? You got to feel it. Don't ignore it. Don't push it away into something that maybe will come out with years of therapy. But like deal with what you're going through. But time box your pity party and then move on or look at things with a grateful eye. Gratitude in general is one of the most transformative things that you can do when everything seems so tough. Take a breath of the clean air that you have right there. There's so many things and you really don't have to look far. When you start to look around for things that you can be grateful for, the whole world changes color. So approach things with a positivity and you might be able to exude a little bit more happiness, which in turn will help the other people that you come in contact with. Number four is treat yourself lovingly. Sometimes if you think about the things that you say in your head and how those would sound if one of your girlfriends told those to you, I would be like, dude, ease up on that. Oh my gosh, like that voice in your head is a psycho, okay? 
that's a cycle and you do not want to listen to what's happening there because there's a lot of second guessing. There's a lot of critiquing that we do to ourselves and we're all trying. So this is where I would recommend that you become a self activist. Like treat yourself lovingly, give yourself a break, like honor what you're going through, find the things that you love to do and do them, make time for them. And don't ask for somebody else's permission, put it into your schedule. And this can be the big things like when the spa is open, you know, go have your spa day. There's nothing wrong with the bubble bath, but it's also as small as giving yourself a minute before you turn on your phone first thing in the morning. One of the silliest things for me is like a hot towel from the dryer. Literally, I will rush around my day and I'm doing laundry for a family of four. I'm doing all these things, right? I'm a person who runs cold, so let's say it's the winter months and I pull this hot towel out of the dryer. I can take one second, wrap myself up in a big fluffy hot towel and just have a minute right there. Or I can just shove it into the laundry basket or fold it up right quick and like put it away and go on to the next thing. Like even taking that minute, treat yourself lovingly. That's one of the most special things that you can do. Like you said, we are hard on ourselves sometimes. We have such high expectations of ourselves that even when we do good things, we forget it. And we only remember the things that we failed to do the way we expected it. There's so much good. Yes, there are things and challenges that happen in our lives that we wish didn't happen. But then if we also look to the things that are good that happen to us, then we can, again, balance those things out so that we're not so hard on ourselves, feeling like we're failures and then feeling like we're inadequate, which is not going to be helpful for us or the people we love. The last one here is to expect the awesome. This is more of that looking for gratitude, look for the good, right? And sometimes today it takes a little while longer to find it. This can be as simple as curating the feeds that you're following on social media. If those aren't helping you or you're feeling judgy or you're feeling like you're getting into that comparison mode that we talked about, get that stuff out of your life. You don't need that. Look for the good, expect good things to come and they will. You tell yourself every morning when you wake up, something good is coming for me and I will figure out what it is. And it can be as great as that hot towel out of the dryer. It can be a perfect cup of coffee, an extra special hug from your partner, your child, or it can be something huge like a promotion at work. But in any case, like look for that, like that will come. With this, you up-level your attitude and you become a magnet to attract more good. It boils down to what is your expectation? I mean, like you said, for me, it's the simple things. Oftentimes we choose to ignore it. We don't focus on those things. And so then all we see are the things that are challenging us. And then we get frustrated and we feel that things are not good at all. And that's not true. There's always good, like you said, but you really just need to appreciate all those things. And that gratitude and appreciation needs to be part of your life. Otherwise you feel hopeless. Approach it as a practice. This is not going to be like, oh, that flower smells so lovely. I'm so glad that I thought of that, right? It's like, look for those things, journal them, collect them, expect them. And you know, when you get it back, it's not like it's just a happenstance sort of thing. It's a part of your self-care practice to be grateful. In any case, that's thank you for letting me nerd out with you. Those are the truths that I have come to, and I've seen them validated out in the world and out in my inner circle. Like the people that I know, two healthy women leaders have all said the same kind of thing. So I think if there's anything I could recommend for people, the women that we talked about in the beginning, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling overwhelmed. There's so much going on. They got the family around their house every day, all day, like things like this. These are the five things that I would recommend people do. They have been 
monumental for me in changing my outlook and feeling better in like sort of a holistic way, right? More so than just going to the gym, whether or not your gym is open. It's bigger than just physical things. I think we should really, as women that are in leadership or want to be in leadership, let's approach it from a different perspective. Let's encourage each other to practice self-care regularly the little things and the big things and encourage each other to do the same thing so that we can sort of start like a little bit of a self-care revolution. And that's why I'm so excited that you have this organization. How do people find out or request to be a part of Healthy Women Leaders? How do they get more information? You just hop right on that computer. Just hit up healthywomenleaders.com. We have a newsletter sign up right there on the homepage that you can hit and then you see the, the cool stuff that we have going on. We have different events when we can. And uh, we also love to highlight women that are doing great things in different areas of wellness that have figured out something or unlocked some truth. We want to highlight them. We want to really, you know, kind of share them. So if you're looking for that inspiration, you can hit us up there. If you're one of those women that has something to say, you can also hit us up there. Like I said, I'm in the business of collecting these amazing healthy women. So if you know them or if you want to be them, then you just go to healthywomenleaders.com and we're happy to have you. Kalia, thank you so much for sharing this with us today and for starting this group of women so that everybody can be supportive of each other and be real, like you said, authentic, helping each other address any challenges that we all come across. And, you know, it's nice to know that you're not alone because we aren't. Oftentimes we think we're the only person that's ever gone through this particular challenge and we find out there's other people that have done it and hearing their stories and being able to hear what they've done to overcome their challenges is so helpful. So thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I really appreciate you, Kalia. Thank you for having me and I appreciate you too. That's all for this episode of Lib List Out. Thanks for listening and thanks to Kalia Garrido for being my guest. If you find value in our show, please visit LibBlissedOut.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now and remember to keep moving forward.